Hey, this is Mark Kassoff, and this is RPM 45. What we're going to do right here... What we're going to do right here is go back, back into time. Yeah, what we're going to do right here is go back into time. We're going to go back to the heyday of the 45 RPM record. You know, the little records with the big holes. We're talking about the 60s, 70s, and 80s. We're going to talk to some of the artists that had big hits back then. Some may have had many hits. Others might be called one-hit wonders. But as someone who programmed Top 40 stations back in the day, I know we could get 100 new 45s in a week and only add two or three to our playlist. So every hit is a huge achievement. And we're here to celebrate the achievers on RPM 45. First of all, I'm talking to Russ Jaguar. That's me. And I said it right, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, you did. I just, I, I tell you, I am so thrilled to be talking to you today because cool. I was a huge fan of the association. You're not anymore? Uh, oh, I am. I still am. <laughs> okay, that's better. And you know what? I was, I'm from Chicago. And yeah. I was there at two of the events you talked about in your book, one of yeah. which was Ravinia. Yeah. Now, now, I didn't know that was the biggest crowd ever at Ravinia. And then I was also at the Opera House. Now, I didn't know. Oh, that was great, too. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that that was one of four shows. Yeah, but, yeah. But I went to one of the shows. I don't know which one. I even think yeah. I saw you guys in the restaurant next to the Opera House before the show as I walk past, but um, uh, when you guys did Requiem for the Masses in that place, that was just unbelievable. I mean, it was always cool. unbelievable, but but that was unbelievable. So I'm yeah. a huge fan. The group still does it. They added it a couple of years ago. They added it to the show again. Such and an they, amazing song. They kick butt on it. They sing the hell out of it. That's great. Um, yeah, it was amazing. So, I mean, I had every album from the first until uh, the Stonehenge album. Uh, wow. Those, and plus the greatest hits because, you know, you need a backup when you're in your car, you know. That's right. So, you guys, I had the most amazing harmonies, great songs, uh, so versatile that you were able to rock out, but at the same time you could have these beautiful love songs. So, I just appreciate it. Yeah, that yeah. So much. And I appreciate Chicago, you. Chicago, by the way, was like our second home. Is that right? Flat, flat out. I know. I, I have a feeling I saw you one more time in Chicago, but I can't place it. So we, you know. we used to stay in Chicago and we'd play areas like there were within 100 miles. Yeah, you know, well, we'd, we'd stay in Chicago and we'd play like, do like five or six concerts around. You had a lot of fans, and I remember being on the beach. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, the, all the records were blasting. Along Comes Mary, and it was just a, an incredible. That's the first time I heard Along Comes Mary. I was on the beach, and all the radios were blasting. Cool. Yeah, so anyway, I mean, you know, 70 million records, seven top 40 hits, three of them among BMI's 100 most played songs of the 20th century. I'm just honored to have you here. And listen, you wrote a book. Uh, that I really enjoyed. And cool. tell me, what, why did you write the book? What was your motivation for writing that book? I've read so many lies about the band. So I just wanted to put a straight version out so people had some idea of where we were coming from. You know, the, just the idea. We rehearsed for five or six months before we ever performed in front of anyone. Yeah, right. Just, just that is pretty rare. And uh, 
we had this died in the wool work ethic that uh, we never discussed because we all had it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't really realize it or even thought about it until afterward. It was something that we all had, and we all had it. It was very strong in all of us. Yeah, and you had a look that was unique as well. Well, we picked that specifically for that. We wanted our, we wanted to be taken seriously, and everyone at that time was dressed more or less street clothes, and uh, we right. just thought we just thought it would be better for our careers, and it was, yeah. it was uh, very well for us. So when you hit it. I mean, when you guys started after your practice, after six months of practicing five days a week, uh, you were ready and, and oh, yeah. very successfully. Very well, we gave, we gave ourselves uh, two years to have a top 40 record. Yeah, and you know what? That really uh, amazed me when I read that because a lot of bands would not admit to that. You oh know? yeah, oh yeah, we we did. That was our goal. If we if we didn't have a top forty record at the end of two years, we were going to disband. If we had had a thirty eight, we would have been happy. And our <laughs> first top forty record was Along Comes Mary, which went to number seven. So we were happy as clams, you know. And I then bet. our second record went to number one. So <laughs> yeah, we cherish. Were, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, so what's we the happy. feeling we like? Uh, what is the feeling like? I mean, I'm. I was in radio for years and years, uh, but never, I, I love music. I don't do music. What's the feeling when your song all of a sudden hits and is on the radio and you're hearing it everywhere? It's very exciting. It's, uh, it was great. It, I'll tell you, the other thing I liked was bands I, that I heard in L.A. And I didn't, like I heard, uh, you know, I hear a band, they, they'd be together, like, uh, what was it? what's that band, uh, but something's happened in here. Oh, yeah, right. Buffalo here. Springfield, right? Buffalo Springfield. So I heard their first set. They had been together about a week ago. Got a great band. Then I was on the road, and I heard uh, something's happening here. I went, great. They made it. You know, it was just yeah. as, as exciting to hear friends make it, too. When we recorded Windy, we went right from the studio to the airport and on planes and left. So we were on the road, and uh, we were... We were uh, listening to the radio. All of a sudden, Wendy came on. Is that right? We, that quick? We were, we were not. Well, it was, uh, I think we had been on the road a couple of weeks. But we didn't know the song yet. We had never done it. We had never done it together. We had you know, done the instrumental and done the, the singing. <laughs> and so we were listening to the song on the radio. And we were on our way to a sound check. So he said, well, we better add that song tonight. No kidding. Yeah. And we no did. Kidding. It was great. It was great. We just added it in the sound check. So you know what? I, I was wondering about that. Like when you recorded it and then you hear the final product. Oh, you yeah. Think to yourself, this is a hit. I mean, do you? Well, I'll tell you, no. with Wendy, we, with Wendy, we knew it was a hit before. I'll tell you, we worked a long time on that record, so long that the tenor started wearing out. And so we brought in, as I say in the book, we brought in the ladies. We brought in my, my wife, Bertie, at the time. Yeah. Wendy, uh, the girl who wrote, Wendy Ruth Friedman was there. But we brought in the, these ladies to help us with the very end of the song. So it's, it's, Are you talking about the lead vocals? No, 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 no. Just oh. the tenor. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking, because those are you guys on those vocals, right? You can't tell. Well, even the tenor parts are the, are the guys, but the overdubs are the girls. Oh, okay. Yeah, are these three girls. Yeah, amazing great. piece of work. Yeah, and it's a great, I, I've always been very proud of it. Yeah, so you uh, were born in New Hampshire, but you were, you moved to California pretty young. 
when I was five. Yeah, yeah. And you're a California guy. You live in L.A. right now, right? Yeah, I moved. I lived in L.A. in San Diego from five to 19. And then when I was 19, I worked. I moved up to uh, Pasadena and worked lights and sound. And and, and I was Hootenanny coordinator okay. at the house in Pasadena. And in those two years, I knew what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be a singer. But nothing scared me as much as being on stage that's, alone that's with the guitar. Yeah, that surprised so, me. That- so I knew what I wanted to do. So what I did was I did one hoot a month at the Ice House for two years. And I did one hoot a month at the Troubadour for two years. Mm-hmm. I knew Doug Weston. I had met Doug Weston before through, through Bob Stay, the guy who managed the Ice House. And, uh, and, I, and I did 40, 48 sets, and I got, got over my fear. No kidding. 48 cents. I ought to, 48 cents ought to do it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and you were really involved in the folk scene in LA. Oh, yeah. I love folk music. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I do. I still do. Yeah. And so uh, there's this group. Uh, the association came from a group called The Men. Oh, yeah. The and The guys. Men was a big group, apparently. I, oh, you know, yeah, I knew the guys. story, but not all of it until I read your book. Well, I, 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 the, the lead singer for The Men, uh, Barry McGuire had just left the Christie's. And so they got the lead singer of the man and brought him in to replace Barry. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Jules Alexander, the, our lead guitarist in the association, and right. Terry Kirkman, who played recorder and sang a lot of leads and wrote a lot of great tunes, came to me at the when I was working lights at the Ice House and said, Russ, would you like to join our group? The man, I said, God, I said that's it's an awfully big group. Yeah. And, and besides, I haven't heard you. So well, come out and hear us and, you know, see what you think. So I came out and heard them. They were fantastic. They were, they did a couple of songs for me and a couple of guys in the band in the band hadn't heard me. So I did a couple of songs for them. So I joined the band and then within a very short time, we were at a rehearsal and uh, one of the guys said, uh, called a meeting and we had this meeting and uh, the men broke up and the association started the next day, the so next day. Six guys. Six guys. Yeah. Uh, and not all, not quite the same six guys. Not because... quite. The, the, our, te- the, our tenor uh, was later, re- re- our major tenor was later replaced by Jim Yester. Right. Was Gary Yester's brother. I remember when, when uh, we saw him at two different hoots. We saw him at a hoot at the Troubadour. And who's the ice house? He was very good. He was just out of the army, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, as the, as the line, you remember the line, just out of the army and looking for his fun. Uh-huh. He reeked of that. He reeked of that. that <laughs> you right? know, he, he was just great. Anyway, so we had him out to the uh, house. Forrest lived in a group house, and we had him out to the house. And I asked him. I said. Uh, do you sing as high as your brother? He says, I have two notes for my brother, two or three notes. We're wow. Like, cool. Yeah, okay. And so, his brother uh, was Jerry Esther, who Jerry was Esther, in The Love and Spoonful. Well, he was in the MFQ at that time. Oh, okay. The Modern Folk Quartet, which was uh, everyone's favorite group. I mean, uh, the lights would come up at, when the MFQ was playing somewhere, and it'd be everybody who wasn't working was in the audience watching them. Everyone loved the MFQ. They were just a wonderful group. And then, then you got the the six together. And, yeah, and, that was the six. 
didn't Jules Alexander then leave at some point? And that's when you yeah, he left after the second album. Uh, now why is why did he leave? Why would he leave such a successful operation? Why, he wanted to go to India, and he okay. felt that we were going in a direction he wasn't sure about or whatever. But uh, I remember riding in a limousine in New York and going, Jules, go just hang with us a couple of years, and then go India ain't going nowhere. Uh-huh. You know, India will always be there. Right, you know. right. So, but he had to go, and he, he left. And he came back and joined the group again. So it went from a six-man band to a seven-man band. Yeah. Larry first joined the band. He was traveling with the band to learn the show. And Brian had a firecracker accident. He went to throw a firecracker out the window, and it stuck to his hand and blew his hand to beat. Wow. So so uh, so that night, Larry was on stage for the first time with the band. Jules played drum, played the bass. Brian, who was our normal bass player, uh, played the sling, <laughs> the arm sling. <laughs> the sling. <laughs> and, and Larry played the lead guitar. Uh-huh. So that was our first. That was our first performance with Larry. So let me. I want to talk to you about some of the albums. Of course, the first album was "Along Comes the Association." Yeah which is the name of your book, by the way, yes, uh, and very successful. And then Renaissance came next, and that was a little dip from that. Isn't that right? Yeah, quite different. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that that uh, single Pandora's Golden Heebie-Jeebies, that was an unusual <laughs> piece of work. Yeah, Let me tell you, was, and that was I, Jules I, Alexander. I, that, that's one of, one of the instances where the, the demo was better than the single. Okay. You yeah, know what's funny about demo. it? I listened to it. Uh, I've been listening to you guys a lot the last week or so as we've been talking about doing this. And I, I put that, I said, well, I remember, I remember the song, but I don't remember what it sounds like. And I put it on and I thought to myself, uh, again, in the mindset of a radio programmer, I said, yeah, yeah. I can see why that wasn't a hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And then yeah. there was, what was the other song? No Fair at All, which was kind of yeah. like uh, Cherish Part Two, right? Yeah, Jim wrote that. It, the thing that's interesting, I, I didn't realize this until years later, nothing in that song rhymes. Is that right? Exactly. Okay. It's okay. just a nice song. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't notice that, but I'll check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. then... I like the song. I always like the song. Then you guys um, hook up for the next album, Insight Out, which was the one with Wendy on it. Yeah, uh, yeah. And that and was with my love. Bones Howe and Never My Love. And Bones Howe was the producer of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and very successful album. And then your next album, Birthday, uh, which had uh, Everything That Touches You. Yeah, another yeah. top ten thing, top ten hit. Right. And there, I got to tell you, there's a song on there that you wrote and you sang. Sunrise, sunset. What? Oh yeah, yeah. With this, what you, the, that, the time is it is. That album? Okay. The time it is today. Yeah, I yeah. love that song. I love that song. Brilliant. I, yeah, I wrote that uh, in New York. Uh, my my lady went down downstairs to get a sandwich, and I wrote it. In the time she went to get the sandwich, she came back. It seems very deep to me. You know? Well, it's real. It's real. Yeah, I'd say, yeah when it, you say not, what you're born with is what you get. I think yeah, about astrology almost, you know, it's like yeah, the, what the stars, you know, are like yeah, when you're yeah. born and it affects what yeah. you get. Was that any motivation for you there? Not really, but I, I was just thinking what, what talents you're born with you, is you, that's what you get. In a, okay. It's not that's really what I was thinking. So after cool. that, then you guys, um, I got the feeling from your book. Okay. Now Bones Howe was a renowned producer at the time. I got the feeling from the book that you guys were not that all that thrilled or impressed by him. 
Well, later, later he became sort of, he, he was just sort of there and, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was just but there. He, later he was on the phone a lot and he was, you know, it was just, yeah. Yeah. We weren't, we weren't happy and I don't think he was either. So the next album was what I'm calling the Stonehenge album, right? Yeah. I know that you did Goodbye Columbus in between. Yeah. Right. And then you yeah. also did the greatest hits and you added six man band, which was a rock and tune too. Yeah. 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 But then the next album, uh, which I think, and I listened to a number of cuts from that album the other day, and I think it's a beautiful album. It's a great album. I love it. I really do. You kind of went back to the roots, the folk roots, uh, a little bit of country flavor in there. Yeah. A lot yeah. Of stuff. True. It's a very eclectic album. Yeah. Uh, uh, but no hits. No, right? no. No, but it was it was a great album. Yeah, very. Uh, I felt very good about that album. Yeah, and I then, was sort of disappointed there was no hits. Huh? Well, I that's felt- what I want to ask you about because I always wonder about this. If you're, I mean, you're in a band, you're you've got this tremendous success going on, and all of a sudden you put on an album, and you guys were very aware of hits. You were you were not well, one of, of these course. snotty bands that like, well, we don't care, right? Yeah. You care. You yeah, wanted to reach care. a lot of people, right? Yeah. Which I. Yeah, re- yeah. We worked every state. We did concerts in every state in the union. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you worked it hard and you wanted that kind of success and recognition. Yeah. So after that album doesn't do as well, what's the thinking inside the band? Is it is the thinking, oh, well, we had our run and it was great or we got to do better next time or what? I don't remember even talking about it. We just, uh, we were continuing, we were doing shows. We were all, we always did fantastic shows. Right. So, uh, Absolutely. You know, yeah, I don't remember ever talking about it, really. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now, and then, but you leave shortly after that. Yeah, yeah. It got, it got where small stuff just became peaking items, you know, and I'm going, you know, somebody said something about me wearing shorts. Yes, I did. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You know, we're, we're in a war in Vietnam, and you're talking about shorts in first class, you know? Yeah. It's just ridiculous, right? Oh, it was because you were flying in shorts. Is that the deal? Oh yeah, I guess I get. I don't know. I don't know because oh I my just god, don't care. I just don't care, guy. Right. You well, know, nowadays, I, I mean, it's funny because because uh, you know uh, my parents' generation, they would dress up to go on a plane, and you know we go oh, on a plane, course. whatever. It's a different world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, these were. I, I was always well dressed. You, well, you know what? I got uh, reading your book early on. I got the feeling that you guys really did get along, and you really worked as a democracy. And you know, yeah, mostly we did get along. Yeah, and but obviously, you know, when you're on the road all that time and you're together all that time, you got to get on each other's nerves at some point, no? Oh, now and again, now now and again, we go each go at each other. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't, right? But not usually, not usually. Usually the shows were, you know, we just did good shows for the people. You know, that was our concern was to do a good show for the people. Yeah, well, you sure did. I mean, so so you put out a solo album after that. Yeah, I did, indeed. Hexagram 16. And then, so the time now, you went back to the band, what, in like 80? Is there? Yeah, yeah, 80. So yeah. what What we, were you we doing did, in we between? Did, oh, I did uh, I did the album. I did a couple of, couple of groups. I had a couple of groups. I did uh, comedy. I was with Martin and Jaguar for, oh, yeah, right. for a year or two. Yeah, that I was forgot fun. about that. From, I read the book I, like two weeks then ago. I began, I, then I just started uh, working as a carpenter. Okay. And when, when, when we did the... Uh, 
that show for the uh, for HBO Then and Now. Mm-hmm. I was working as a carpenter then, so uh, we did Then and Now. And the thing is funny. They talked that Terry worked for HBO at the time, and they said, "Well, what do you think about getting the group together?" And he said, "I don't think they will." Really? And he, he said, "Okay, I'll call the guys." So they they put together an offer. He called all the guys, and every guy said, "No, no, I'm busy." So he came back to the HBO people. He said, "They all said no," and they were they were just real surprised. So they doubled I'm the sure. offer. They double the album. They said, look, you can rehearse on the weekends, and you only have to do like six tunes, five or six tunes, and that's it. And so everybody said, cool. So he got together. It was great. I, I recently, my wife, Valerie, played me a tape of the, the that show. We were singing our asses off. We were really good. I mean, now, this is that was still a great available? Because so, I would love to see that. I, I don't I know. I have seen it, a long she, time ago. She showed it to me online. Oh, okay. Well, I'll have to look for that. What? Yeah, the Coconut Grove. Okay. It's live, and it's on. It's it's on. Uh, it's on. It's on YouTube. Okay. My, my lady just told me. Okay. But anyway, it's good. So we got together. We did this show, and then we all went back to our jobs and went to work. And it, that show created some waves, and a, a lot of people offered us concerts. We got a lot of concert offers because yeah. of that show. So we uh, took a loan from a bank to get amplifiers and uh, and clothes. <laughs> uh-huh. And we started back again. And we started back. And I was on the road then from 1980 to 2013. The only uh, slowdown was 9-11. Uh-huh. When 9-11 happened, we did the shows that we had booked. And then no other shows were booked. Actually, I actually went four or five months without work, which I have never done in my life. The group has never done that. It was real weird. Well, uh, one I, thing that came across in the book was that you really liked being on the road. You really liked well, it. I liked it was tough it. for I, some I, guys, I, but not I you. Dreamt, I dreamt of being singing for a living since I was uh, 12 or 13 years old. Uh-huh. So I remember when I was working like the Ice House, and guys, guys would say, Oh, I just worked Cincinnati. It was in the boring. Didn't sound boring to me, you know. And I, when I played Cincinnati, I, I thought it was a wonderful town. And it goes to show, no matter where you go, there you are. You know, yeah, it's, it, it's your attitude toward toward traveling and toward the city. If you're if you look at things as if it's not LA, it's boring. You're going to lose out. You're going to mm-hmm. lose out a lot because you, you, you know, got to explore a lot of places. And you, yeah, yeah. You took advantage it. of I, it. I loved being on the road. I, you know, it was great. And then, so you finally retired how long ago? Uh, 2013. Actually, in December. And, and uh, uh, are you still in touch with the other guys? Are you friends with I them? I run the band. <laughs> well, you own the band, don't you? Uh, yeah. You own it. Yeah. That's wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hope but they're I making still- money for you now. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. They're making money for themselves. I, I sign all the contracts. I do all the business for them. Uh, Jules is still the lead guitarist. Jim is, is still the, Jim okay. is still singing leads for the band. Jim, sing, Jim is now 80. He sings better now than he did in his 20s. Is that right? And that's I'm amazed. the case. With that's that. not the way it usually is. It yeah, doesn't no. usually work that way. But no. Jim still sings, sings great. 
So does Jules. And it's great. It's a great set of guys. So, so uh, let me ask you something. I, and I really got this feeling from your book. But I, before I ever read your book, I felt for a long time that you guys, as successful as you were, you're kind of underrated. You know, you were. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. But we still sold a lot of records. (laughs) (laughs) Damn straight. And we did. I tell you, I'm so proud of the shows we did. We did great shows. Well, I know because I attended some. I mean, I've I've done thousands of standing ovations. I bet, and I was part of that. Well, it was it was really fun talking with you, and I'm so honored to have you. I had so much fun. It was great fun myself. Thanks again to Rush Jaguar for our very first RPM 45 interview. We'll be back again next Wednesday.